Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello! Listen, you smell something? Put that cookie down! Hello and welcome to the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. I'm Shane. I'm John Star. We're filmmakers, we're fans, and we are fucking fabulous this week. I was tempted, I was very sorely tempted <laughs> to be like, and we're faggots this week. But I'm like, some people <laughs> maybe don't like that word. Why are we fucking fabulous though? Why can't we just be fabulous? Like, I don't. Because he couldn't use faggot. He's got to go with a fucking. I've got to okay, go so with like, some, some, some kind exactly. of swearing. Um, so we're talking about queer film this week. Um, and Josh is away and Chance is married to a woman, which is just too much hetero yeah, for, for this. So 50% is too much. 50% is yeah. too much. So uh, we've invited guests. We've got Zane C. Weber on. Again. Again. So two weeks in a row. Um, you're here every week anyway. It's, you sound, are you bitter about that? A <laughs> <laughs> little bit, a little bit. No. I like that he's a no longer a special guest. I specifically <laughs> listened to that last episode where you were like asked, regular guest. He specifically <laughs> asked not to be called a special guest anymore. It's so, true. I've so, been on a... Too many, too, too many, many times. Episodes. Three sessions, and then we also have uh, Mr. Michael James. Hello, hello, Michael James from. Uh, I mean, actor, activist, everything. Actorist. Your resume is 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 enviable. Pretty it's much a- the gayest person you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty so, much. Um, oh, Darian. Darian was pretty gay, but I haven't. I, I don't know you enough to know okay. where you um, are I on am the Darian here with scale. Purple nail polish to match yeah. my purple and blue highly purple and blue. He's got a good point. Yes, yeah. yes, this is true. Um, and and Michael's also the host of uh, what the fuck did you just make me watch? Is that what the, the what the fuck did you make me watch? What yes. the fuck did you make me watch? A podcast where they. Look at movies and... Yeah, we and find the, the best and worst of uh, film, television and new media and uh, see if we can make each other love or hate it or at least like it enough to give it some fucks. So, <laughs> so does one of you have to have watched it before? It's not like you've heard this movie is terrible and watch it Sometimes, to like it. Sometimes I haven't seen it and I'll give it to her and I'll be like, I just know you're going to fucking hate this. So <laughs> take it, take it. And I won't watch it because I know I'll hate it as well. Um, sometimes it's you've like, also watched like, some pretty like normal movies two in there I'm kind of yeah. I'm like okay that's like a because I expected you it was when I saw, first saw you start doing like the, the materials and stuff I thought you were going to talk about like fucking like the weirdest shit that no one's ever heard of or like you know like um the, the sort of stuff I watch you know like pink <laughs> flamingos and things yeah. like that and and then I was like oh you've got some standard stuff and you've also like you interviewed um what's his face uh, Daniel, Newman. Daniel Newman from The Walking Ooh, Dead and yes and so uh, yeah you you your hustle's way better than my hustle. <laughs> I hustle hard, fast, and long. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's lots of fun. And um, 
What was I going to say? Uh, something about what we watch. Yeah, yeah. We do pick some of the really obscure stuff um, and we do pick um, some that's just straight down the line. It's more just about stuff that we're going to hate. So, um, oh, you specifically pick stuff you're going to hate? Yeah, yeah. It's like I might love it, but I, if I know Davina's going to hate it, then we give it to her because it's the stuff where she's going to be going, what the fuck was that? And it might be something that everyone else loves. Um, so it's not always really obscure. We did just do a really obscure one. Um, I don't know when this is going to wear or when ours is going to wear, but we were looking at... Um, Reality TV, and I got given <laughs> uh, the fucking uh, Strange Addictions. Oh, God. My Strange Addiction. Oh, this is the yeah. stupidest shit I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> it's basically 40 minutes of me screaming and swearing because it was oh, just no. fucking woeful. So. But there's, what's this other reality show that everyone's fucking watching? The Undateables. And it's just basically like people with deformities oh. dating <laughs> and having troubles with dating. Just, and then let's like well, laugh at them. As we all know, people with deformities are undateable. You just can't do that. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just, that's just like the worst to me. It's like when they were calling, you know, the, the poverty street where, you know, poverty porn. Um, yeah. You know the one I was talking about. Uh, what, what is it? Where they go and they film like in really poor towns. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. And the they make one. a show about it. You know, it's basically poverty porn. I mean, this is the same thing, but it's like, that really, yeah. I mean, it's onto a show. Like, it's like Schadenfreude. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 yeah. When we did our reality show episode, like most, like ninety nine percent of reality TV is built around Schadenfreude. It's like watching people who have it worse than you, so you can feel better about yourself. Which is why the new Queer Eye, I think, kind of hit the way it did because it was like the opposite of that. It was built around the opposite of that. Coming out June fifteenth, second season. Yeah, oh second God. season was that's very like a quick. Four month turnaround to do a whole season of a show, which is kind of crazy. I haven't watched it yet. You haven't watched it yet? I really? Know, I'm Don't so worry. bad. You're officially not the gayest person at this table then. I know. I, I it's on my list, but I've I I work four jobs. Yes. Um yes. and on top of that, raising a teenager. And on top of that, trying to organize this shit, I have to watch our podcast. I'm literally down to like maybe two episodes or one movie or something of my own a week at the moment. Oh yeah, so stop shaming. Okay. Well, yeah. in, in the spirit of that two movies, one episode, uh, we'll ask at the beginning, as always, what have you been watching? Uh, Michael, what have you been watching this week? Ooh, um, so not much queer stuff. Um, I've really just been into the second season of... 13 Reasons Why. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I knew you was going to get the reaction from you. I tried I tried episode one. I'm like, eh. And I never, I had no inclination to find out what happened next uh, look, at all. If I get told that something's going to be good if it, and I, if I stick to it, then I'll stick around. So I did, I got past kind of like episode two and three and I went, okay, cool. And I'm, and I'm here and I'm along for the ride. So stuck it out for the whole season one. It was good. I liked it. Season two... I'm just like they, they're trying to steer the ship and it's just a little bit rocky. And they did one of those annoying like cliffhanger end of season one, season uh, yeah. two, five months later. I'm like, oh, fuck me. I don't want to have to sit here and figure out what happened in those five months. Yeah. As you slowly drop nuggets like for the next yeah. like yeah. four episodes. And then, and it's like it's like in that community thing where they're always referring to St. Patrick's Day. Like they're always referring to the incident that happened in between <laughs> seasons. Yeah, and it's like, you know, it, it ended with someone being <laughs> shot at the end of the last one. And oh, then God. suddenly, you know, he's walking around school on a cane and there's no <laughs> scars. And I'm like, what? <sighs> so that drove me mad a little bit, but like... I'm there for it anyway. So I got that. Um, uh, speaking of queer characters, I'm sticking around for Fear the Walking Dead, um, which oh, is a really? spinoff to The Walking Dead. Yeah, it's like just, a prequel spinoff, right? Yeah, prequel spinoff. I have not watched and, it at all. I don't care about it, but yeah, the big thing is that this season 
the two shows meet up. One character mm. crosses over. Oh, one character. Yeah, yeah they were, they were and going then that like, character will die. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, this is the biggest crossover of two shows you'll ever see. I'm like, it's just Morgan. Didn't like, didn't like Flash and that do a musical episode together? I don't know. Flash and Supergirl did <laughs> yeah. a musical crossover episode. <laughs> Come on, Walking uh, Dead. Written by the guys who did the music for The Greatest Showman. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it, it wasn't that big and it's just it's i think it's actually going to complicate their lives a little bit more now because the whole idea was that these are two separate worlds and fear the walking dead was supposed to be covering the time before the walking dead yeah and so now they're like pushing the timelines up so that they're kind of because the walking dead's ratings are tanking are not tanking they're getting shit and so they really how long has it been going for though do we need another season i mean are the walking dead tired of walking do they need to sit down for a bit i'm tired (laughs) of them i was tired after season three I was tired. Yeah. yeah, I was tired. First episode of season three, I quit on that show. See, the problem they did was they got a really good story arc um, around season three, four, with you know encountering the baddie, the villain, whatever. Big battle between the two of them. Yeah, he died and disappeared, and they went, oh, let's just do that again. Um, <laughs> and so since then, it's been like four seasons of them encountering the new baddie and then having a war with him. Wait, wait, they've been doing Negan for four seasons. Close to it, I think. I think like he lasted sort a of while in the comics. Merchandising like, chance to merchandise. Pretty much the moment they beat him, he didn't kill him. They put him in prison. Spoiler yeah. for the show. I don't know uh, where the show That's is. At the just moment. where we ended up on oh, the end cool. of season eight. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then it like skips ahead to five years later, and they've just got Negan in prison still. And I think last one I read, they were about to maybe let him out because it looked like uh, the, the. Have they brought in the Whisperers yet? No. I won't mention what they are. Don't Google them, but they're most likely the next big bad. Right. Okay. Well, that that gives us some indication where we're going. Yeah, we're probably yeah. going to get to five years later. But I was like, yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure they went to five years later specifically because the kid in the TV show is getting so old. Yeah. Oh, the little baby who like that, didn't they didn't they him? Oh, did they kill Carl? Oh, they call it, they, they finally killed Carl. I'm just oh, like, wow. kill Rick, but fuck yeah, Carl finally died. Carl. Cool. Carl. Mm-hmm. Carl. Um, that and the little blonde girl. Like, I'm so annoyed that she's alive. The little baby. Like, so yeah, they, they killed the baby straight up in the comics. The, the, she, the, the baby have. didn't have a chance. Yeah, they, it was like the baby was born and then they got attacked by uh, what's-his-face and then the mum died collapsing on the baby killing it. Yeah, like that should have happened. Like in, in all sorts of realistic situations where we're supposed to be in this thing, like fucking the amount of zombie attacks and everything, this squawking little fucking infant has survived is just phenomenal like it should have been dead a long time ago and now it just grows at really weird rates like, <laughs> she's like one episode she's crawling and then she's in college You're like what um, <laughs> fuck, sure sounds great i'm in yeah uh, um and then maggie was like pregnant for she's been pregnant for like two seasons now and it's like the time frame it's like the the time frame for the pregnancy in the final season of uh that just aired of game of thrones it's like the time that is passing versus the time that you're pregnant is not marrying up. And yeah. so that's that, the magic of TV timeline. <laughs> that's also why they need to jump ahead five years. Yeah. Go, all right. She's had the uh, baby and is alive. And we don't have to have any kids anymore. Yeah. Well, uh, exactly. So is that all you've been watching? Um, oh, and I just finished up Unreal um, like two oh, weeks ago. I'm, I'm, I haven't watched the new, much of the new season yet, but I love that show. Yeah, it was good. Um, I'm still, it's one of those ones where it will never get past the greatness that was the first season. Yeah. No matter yeah. how good they try. Yeah. Uh, how yeah. good they try, how hard they try. Yeah. Um, it's just, it was too well done in season one. Pissed too many people off with season two. They've tried. I love season two though. I, I liked the it. Angle, the race angle was really clever because it didn't married up with the real life version of The Bachelor. Exactly. But I think it, it really just got into that uncomfortable place under people's skin. Yeah. Where people were like, 
don't tell us that we're racist. Yeah. We're not racist. Yeah. We mm. know black people. It's funny because the audience for Unreal is the same audience as for The Bachelor and mm. they don't like realising that they're terrible people for liking The Bachelor. That's right. I think that's so. why they all went, hmm, yeah. You don't have to be too political. Jeez. Yeah. It's just a TV show. Yeah. So go back to, you know, feeding us trash about white people. We like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so. Zane, what have you been watching? Well, I have been re-watching. <laughs> I haven't been re-watching Smash. I finished that. I've been re-watching uh, Orange is the New Black. Love it. But I also yeah. saw Death of Stalin. Oh, yeah. Oh, had you seen it before? No. What do you think? Hilarious. Love I love it. it. It's love a great, it. great movie. Mm. Um, and I hope that that kind of style of movie gets I, a little bit I want more, more biopics done where they don't give a shit about the history of the uh, actual re- or reality. I really. think I said it last time when I was talking about the movie. I really want them to see an American remake of Downfall yeah. like that. That would be yeah. so good. It would be great. Who plays Hitler? Steve Buscemi. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Dude, that, that's the underlying thing. It's always Steve Buscemi. Always Steve Buscemi. Always Steve Buscemi. This is the Steve Buscemi extended universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're pitching that next week. No. <laughs> um, so is that everything? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, it. Cool. Yeah. Chance, what have you been watching? Cool. Uh, so I've uh, finished up Arrested Development season four, just in time for season just five. Just in time is- to hear them all gaslight Jessica Walter for real. <laughs> <laughs> is that the one with Portia de Rossi in it? Yeah. 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 Never so- seen it. Really great show. It's a good, first three seasons are top notch. Uh, I really liked the fourth season when it got into it. So I, I unfortunately missed the um, original version of the fourth season. I started watching it because I always watch things with my wife. She got bored of it after four seasons, uh, four episodes, and we didn't get to watch it again. We watched it this time with the remix, and the first like five episodes felt really weird because it was like none of the episodes had a climax. They're kind of like, here's some story and it ends. And here's some story and it ends. And then after that, it really kind of like got into a groove of things. Um, I really wish I got to see it because there were so many moments in the show where I would I was watching it and I was like, oh, this is a part where you'd see like part of the other story for another character, but I'm seeing it all in one. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's kind of not as cool, but <laughs> I, I did really enjoy it. And I'm kind of confused because they really set up a fifth season in the that. Fifth season is a Who Done It with Liza Minnelli. Oh, okay, because that's what I thought the fourth season was going to be. It's like a it Who Killed Who Killed Liza Minnelli. Because yeah, the first episode shows <laughs> that Liza Minnelli's dead, and you're like, oh, okay. And oh, so then- you don't know. So in the show, Liza Minnelli plays like this Lucille two. Lucille two. Who she's like, she's got constant the, vertigo. Yeah. <laughs> she's got constant vertigo and she's the mother's main rival. Uh, right. She ends up like owning the whole company essentially. And she has in, she's having sex with, is it Buster? Yeah, she has, yeah, sex, she has with, sex with Buster. She has sex with most of the family to be yeah. fair. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and yeah, so I love it, it. I showed she was in it. first episode of season four that she's dead. And I was like, okay, so we're going to see how it got to that point. And you, it kind of like sets up this whodunit in the last three episodes. And then it just doesn't tell me. And I'm like, but this was like four years ago. <laughs> yeah. Why did it take them four years to come up with another season? I mean, come on, people. I need to know who killed Liza Minnelli. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for season five now. And and like, because that season was done differently, I don't think it really worked in, this, in the original format. Mm. I do hope that with this new one, they just stick to one format. So yeah. if they're doing it the old style format, I'm happy with the that. The only reason the old format, like the, sorry, the, the, the season four originally was like that was because actors' availabilities were shit. So they only could get <laughs> You so can many tell, people. holy shit, the green screen. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> there, there are two moments where like, uh, who is, who's Happy Days guy? Oh wait, not that Happy Days guy. Not Ron Howard, the other one, the Fonz. 
Henry Winkler. Winkler. Uh, Henry Winkler is so poorly green screened that Chanel was like, what the fuck's going on in this shot? And Chanel doesn't notice these things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then there's another moment with Liza Minella being the same way. Uh, where it's just like awkwardly green screen. Yeah. Liza Minella. I was about to say, is Liza Minella <laughs> the same as Liza Minnelli? Uh, or is that like her evil twin? Sister. Well, yeah, and then <laughs> it's, it's her other sister, and then there's uh, Liza uh, Manila folder. Who's the actual and- Liza's ah. sister that she hates? Oh. Like, I don't know. No, she has a sister, doesn't she, in real life? No, anyway. Isn't she someone's daughter? She like had a cons- really? Judy she Garland's had a daughter. Yeah, I'm always surprised by that. Mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then she has a sister, doesn't she? I. Do not know. Liza Minnelli. We already know this. <laughs> um, um, but yeah. Uh, and then I watched uh, Logan Lucky the other night. Uh, oh, what do you think? I really liked it. It's but a good movie, right? It's the same problem that I have with the ending of uh, Ocean's Eleven, where the only real twist is the fact that they didn't tell us everything. It doesn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they told us it at the end. And I'm like, oh, okay, I see how that happened. But we were following those characters. Why didn't you just tell me at the time? It was just to have mystery for us rather than. Yeah. Just, but no, it, it was really fun. Was I, re- I really liked it. Mm-hmm. And. The southern accents were so intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what have I been watching, Shane? Well, Shane, Shane, what have you been watching? <laughs> yeah, Shane, what did you um, watch? I tried week? to watch some queer films and I kind of only really ended up doing like uh, two. Um, but I, so That's I watched, still more than what I did. So. I watched The Boys in the Band, which I had not seen. Well, it's, heard William, it. it's, like, it's like the first studio movie to deal with gay characters that are openly gay where it wasn't converted, converted from the play, which is now currently... On yeah, with time. like with like every hot white out gay actor mm-hmm. you can imagine: Andrew Reynolds, Matt Bomar, Charlie Carver. I like that they only chose the hot gay actors. Yeah, well, it's theater, you know. It's, yeah, gotta I mean, be hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but oh, it was good. It was a good movie. I was I was kind of surprised. It, it kind of seems to fall apart at the second half when the main character just becomes like a total asshole for mm-hmm. no real reason. But the first like forty minutes of it are really really well done and. So yeah, like it was, and William Friedkin, director of The Exorcist, so oh, who wow. knew he did that? But it was supposedly really groundbreaking at the time. It's telling that about half the cast have died of AIDS, and the other half of the cast are straight. Um, <laughs> Jeez, so happy, chirpy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I watched a movie on Netflix called Speech and Debate, which is I literally only watched it because the actress in it is she's from The Good Fight, and I love her in The Good Fight. It's actually like an interesting movie. There is a queer angle to it. One of the characters, they basically like. They're having trouble with their school administration, so they join the speech and debate team to combat the school, except that plot kind of doesn't really go anywhere. But it's actually like a... I liked it. It has terrible reviews all over the place. People hate this movie, but I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. Um, It's interesting. It's on Netflix, I'm pretty sure, so check it out if you want. Lorna uh, Luft. Lorna Good Luft. old Lorna Luft. Who? Half-sister. Maternal half-sister. <laughs> okay. Lorna. Yeah, my sister Lorna. Lorna. Um, <laughs> Uh, I watched a movie. It is a, an iconic gay movie called Shelter, which is consistently tops these lists of like because it's basically mm. one of the first gay movies that had a happy ending where someone didn't open a wrist. Or I was about to say, was somebody die. didn't kill themselves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm pretty sure, as we all know, all gay people kill themselves, right? There's no. Yeah. Oh, apparently, according to fucking theater after yeah. last night. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it's it's. I mean, it's it's literally like a, a, a surfer guy and his brother's best friend, and then they get together, and and that's kind of it. It has some really cheesy surfing scenes. I didn't love it because like visually it could be way better, but same cinematographer as Repo, the genetic opera, which oh, is a cool. weird connection there. Um, I watched the pilot of a show called Deception starring Alan Cumming and it's a piece of shit. 
Oh. It's <laughs> not. It's That's so. Sad. You don't start something with it's, it's starring Alan Cumming and finish with. It's I know, a piece and of it's shit, notable because it's the you. first network, the first American network show with a gay lead. Yeah, um, I read that. And it's not. It's so. It's like like it's the most generic procedural solver mm. case show you can imagine. You've guessed the ending. The second you've guessed the killer, the second the killer walked in the door. But there is a lot of those shows, so there is an audience for those. There shows. There is, and it's it's ratings are doing okay. I just I'm like, there should be a better vehicle for Alan Cumming. There should be a better vehicle for Whoopi Goldberg to have her come back. Oh, it's got Whoopi. Yeah, she's like his book agent, <sighs> I mean, and it's just we're talking a, a lot of a, shit about two really good people. It's such a waste of them. Oh. It's like, Can I ask? Because, like, there's always the procedurals where, like, the quirky character uses their quirks to solve crimes. Tell me he uses his gay powers to solve crimes. Nope. Oh, uh, what's the point? Wait, no. no. What's a gay power, Chancellor? Well, you, you tell Fashion. me. No, no, no. I want to know what you're imagining his gay power. Dressing are. well and sucking dick. I yeah. Mean, who knows? That's how you solve every crime. You're like, he's dressed good, he's sucking a dick, and it's like, my God, the it's killer was some Jerry. crimes. Some crimes. Yeah. Some crimes can be solved. <laughs> sucking a dick. <laughs> but no, it's not It's not a great It's not a great written show. It's, it's like because Alan Cumming is way better in The Good Wife, way better written in The Good Wife, um, and then like in everything else he's ever done. It's just it's just such a generic show. And if that's your thing, great. But I like I've started and stopped so many shows because of that. I, I have enough generic shows. Um, and then I watched Top Hat. Ginger Rogers, Fred Astaire one, uh, which is yeah. a gay movie without anything gay in it, I guess. Um, I had never seen a Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire musical. It's good. They, like, There's a reason why those two are what they are. Oh, I was going to ask, how is it a gay movie with nothing gay in it? That's going to be a talking okay, point cool. of this week. There um, you go. Good segue. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I let you know about that being a talking point, did I? Uh, Probably not. Um, and now I watched <laughs> Deadpool 2. Yep. It's fine. It's... I, it's it's fine. It's better than the. F- it's a better written for the most part up until the last five minutes. Better written movie than the first one. It looks a little better. I I, I don't know. I I feel like the the joke of it that he's a, aware he's in a superhero movie only lasts so long. I didn't really get into the first one. Yeah. I was like meh. It's, it's a lot less joke driven than the first one. There's actually more of a plot in Deadpool two, which oh, is really? what I liked about it. There's an actual plot. It's just they completely basically retcon it all in with a post credit scene. But it also oh. it, it did get more generic superhero movie than the first one. Which yeah. was, what disappointed me is kinda of like, all right. I will yeah. say these are the things I was expecting from it. So Yeah. Yeah. Yay. I'm more looking forward to the Melissa Carthy movie with the like the homos- <laughs> with the homicidal uh, ha- happy, uh, horny the happy oh, oh, the, the Happy Time Murders. Happy time I've been murders. waiting for that movie for like nine years. I just I saw the trailer and I was like I feel oh. I'm just going to cringe through the it's, whole yeah, thing. Yeah, you and don't hate do it. toilet humor very well. I don't it. do toilet humor. Like, You're love and, the jizzing scene then. The jizzing scene where it's like a fire hose comes. Wait, is this a human or a Muppet? Muppet. Muppet. Oh, have you Muppet not seen kids. the trailer? Is it liquid or is it? It looks like foam, foam like yeah. from like a fire extinguisher, <sighs> and it's just like an it's just a never ending fire <laughs> hose of cum. <laughs> it's like when it came up against the glass door. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I say just watch Meet the Feebles or watch uh, Avenue Q. Yeah, but See, the difference Feebles being is right on the limit of what I. Can but the, stand. the the <laughs> thing is, is that this is actually the Jim Henson company. Yeah, that's what amazes me. That's what kind of and well, they've Jim been trying. Jim Henson started out really kind of edgy and controversial but then because of his uh sesame street connection sesame street connection the rainbow connection 
<laughs> reined it back. I'm gonna I'm gonna ignore that <laughs> and not punch you. Uh, so yeah, Jim Henson was kind of he was very much into kind of almost feebles territory with puppetry, and then oh, wow. it, it got Muppets and uh, and, and Sesame got- Street. So. Yeah, I'm yeah, definitely looking forward to Happy Time Murders. Um and then the last thing I've been watching, I've been rewatching Veep because I'm writing a show in that tone, that dark comic tone. I fucking love that show. There's a scene where she's talking about how it's not all about her to her daughter in a room filled with paraphernalia of Selena Meyer, like Time magazine, big cardboard cutout. Like just the the humor in that show is one of the funniest shows on the planet and there is a reason why it keeps winning emmys for best comedy and she keeps winning for best actress in a comedy show it's on my list i've never seen it's it. it's so it's not I what I, when i heard about veep i thought it was gonna be a certain way i watch it it's completely different it's such a good show though such a good show so queer film what defines a queer film uh what do you guys think defines a queer film uh it has queer content queer content see quick yeah. quick content is that different to queer characters because like would that make say nightmare on elm street 2 a genuine queer? yeah film? i think subtext is still content yeah cool. yeah um so things like rebel without a cause is still yeah. kind of i, I, I never i still... see i watched that and i never got the queer content in it have you watched all. it with that in your head though no because no. it was in there more and then they were forced to kind of cut it out make yeah. it oh, subtext okay. uh because of course at the time you weren't allowed to mention it at all yeah so it is just kind of subtext in how they relate to each other and specifically how so that, that's how it worked with the nightmare on elm street too because that's my favorite uh freddy krueger film and i was listening to the dvd commentary and the director mentions that everyone's like oh it's a really gay film it was like, I didn't realise I was making a gay film and I'm like, there is, I, there is no way he didn't. It. Have you seen Nightmare on Elm Street 2, oh, Michael? like eight million years it's ago. It's the gayest movie so gay. ever. Yeah, like, it's sweaty, young, hairless <laughs> teenagers waking up and like talking to each other. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it was always camp. Oh, no, 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 it's, it's not camp. camp. It is gay. gay. It's yeah. so, so, it's so gay. gay that They're the, making a documentary about how gay it was. The main actor in it, who yeah. was at the time an in-the-closet gay actor, was forced out of the closet because this movie was so gay. Okay. And the I'm writer was and gay it. and wrote all of this subtext into it, and the director had no idea about any of it and somehow managed to make it gay. It's, yeah. And it's, it's, really, it's really weird because you mentioned, like, the young sweaty boys being filmed <laughs> but like because there's a thing in queer cinema about viewing men through the male gaze where yes. it's yeah. usually a, focused on women yeah and that's how you kind of usually pick it out is if if you're viewing men mm. the way that you would usually yeah. and, the, w- and the fact that it, that movie's like that when the director was straight is bizarre <laughs> yeah. to me whereas like mm. something like batman forever <laughs> makes more sense yeah because joel Sh- was joel shoemaker out at the time or i thought he was out the whole time yeah <laughs> we all thought he was out well, who knows when but i was thinking this i was the glass i was it. thinking you know like where do we find queer films when they're not necessarily there um, and i go to dark films and dark places because i'm a dark person sometimes um and i remember one of my really favorite kevin bacon movies because everything's about kevin bacon yeah, of course. um sleepers yeah okay, remember that one seen it. so and like dark content sorry you know for those playing along at home but it's one of those films where is that a queer film because the entire context of the film is literally about these boys that were like molested by the prison guards with into a youth thing. So the entire premise of the film is based around gay sex, essentially. Like, yeah, wow. yeah. But there's absolutely no mention of sexuality in it 
whatsoever. Mm. The prison guards who did it to them are never portrayed as being gay in any way, shape or form. There's no mention of their sexuality, but at the core of it, it was, you know, a gay act that was done. Um, and then you've the flow-on effects from there. So, you know, really dark content there. Yeah, wow. I had never thought of it like that because, yeah, I've seen Sleepers, love it. Um, but yeah, wow. Uh, you know, even it like, though it's like so overtly, like you like say, it's X Men Two. <laughs> Have you tried <laughs> not being a mutant? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, where do you go with with, with films okay. like that? Does that yeah, go? Yeah, see, for sleepers in my head, I always thought as as violence because it's more rape than it is yeah. sex. Yeah. So so yeah, like to to me, I I probably I, like see to me like rape. I I wouldn't consider that as being a sex act. Therefore, it's not like about sexuality yeah but see, exactly. i haven't, I haven't like, seen the movie so i can't really well then you have a film like mysterious skin yeah it's on my list I which is fucking love that movie which is, it kind of deals with the same content but it is all about the sexuality of the act okay but yeah. it probably helps that gregor is gay how it affects the kids yeah um because one is basically in total denial and thinks and has imagined like being abducted by aliens to kind of justify it in his own head whereas one basically becomes a hustler and starts yeah. um, basically tricking older men into giving him money. Yeah. Uh, and it's, 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 uh, it's uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. One of yeah. his yeah. best performances yeah. of his Ooh, career. Cool. He was Around the so same time good. as Brick as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was really into it because he'd just done um, – we had uh, – no, Third Rocks on the Sun had gone off the air for a while before. A while, yeah. But that's the reason why he did all those films because he had all that money saved up from that and he could do whatever the fuck he wanted and really kind of stretch it. But, yeah, I've kind of got that point. It's typically a point of content, and I consider queer characters to be content in terms of, like, characters, plot, subject matter, and theme. Um, It's an interesting little bit of history that I got here. The first film with proper queer themes, not subtext or inferred, because there's so much of that in old (laughs) Hollywood. Um, It was this film, I'll give the German title, Anders uh, Anders als die anderen, or the English translation is different from the others, um, and it's an adaptation about it, like a, a, this Michael something or other. I think they did another version of it with Hugh Grant or whatever. And it's where a guy falls in love with like a male model that he's like sculpting or some shit like that. But it was the first film that actually <clears throat> dealt with it reasonably openly. There were like older movies. So there was an older adaptation of that same story in 1919. Oh, no, sorry. Different from the others was 1919. There was a Spanish version of it in 1916, but they basically excised all of the queer content. Um, and then why not? Yeah, well, um, <laughs> and there was there was a short film and I was literally playing it for us before called Algie the Minor in 1912 about a guy who goes around kissing cowboys, then has to prove how much of a man he is to marry a woman. And we were kind of watching <laughs> through it, and it's just bizarre. It's what? really bizarre. But I, I tried to I tried to like look at it like a concise history of queer film, and it's really hard because it was so oppressed or excised or. But also underground. Underground, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you say, people wrote it in and so you can only cut so much content out and what little is in there will still get in there. Yeah, yeah. And like we've always been, I say we, the gays have always <laughs> been part of the entertainment industry. Yeah. So you can't you can't get rid of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, people if always say the Jews. We, we've. <laughs> we we're, 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 yeah, yeah. See, people always say the Jews, but it's really the gays who control the entertainment business. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, it's a coalition of the Jews, the Jews and, and the gays. gays. Mm-hmm. You were really just like teaming up against Hitler. Is that why Hitler was going after you guys? Yes. Yep. Oh, yes. It was for the entertainment industry. Makes um, sense. But uh, historically, it kind of—I mean, 
after those kind of films, it kind of went into subtext, a lot of subtext because the studio system kind of came out around that yeah. time. And then the production code came in hard and fast. And that was like, like, the, and the production code was restrictive on straight content, let mm-hmm. alone gay content. Like people couldn't kiss for a certain amount of time. Otherwise it was seen as too lustful. Mm. So um, th- what happened was queer films kind of moved into the French Euro cinema. And there's a couple in like the really early fifties, that deal with it. There's this oh, iconic one. It's like a prisoner, and he's like, I can't remember. I, I wouldn't. I would have written it down, but it's literally like a very erotic French movie set in a prison about the guy sexing his. You can yeah. always rely on the French. Yeah, the French, oh, yeah. It's yeah. Like the moment it's like, oh, we can't have sex. Let's go to France. Fucking. <laughs> we sex used to always have to try and find our queer films on like SBS, and they're always fucking European. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, um, and then it went to the sixties and the experimental and the underground films. People like Kenneth Anger um, and Andy Warhol are the big ones. But they were like, we uh, they made us watch uh, Scorpio Rising. That's the you don't know about this one. It's literally just, it looks like an ad for motorbikes. If you watch it in the context of modern day stuff, it's literally just like hyper eroticized clips of guys in leather on bikes. And it's, but it was this very groundbreaking experimental film by Kenneth Anger. They made us watch it because we did a whole queer film unit in film school. Oh, awesome. Um, (laughs) Well, uh, it was, it was weird. It was weird. It wasn't. Run by oh no! Well, one of the the tutors she was she was gay and she would but she hated, she was like she was really like bitter about queer film like we we watched Brokeback Mountain she hadn't seen it before and she's like God that was shit like she hated <laughs> Brokeback Mountain I think the only person out of all of my university career that I think should be running a queer film unit is Alan McKay if you're familiar with him no no, no. Uh, he's I don't know if he's in, no no if he's in Brisbane anymore but yeah he was just like this most outrageous homosexual and he was Scottish. And, you know, like his official QT bio on the website was Alan, uh, Dr. Alan McKee likes pornography. Um, <laughs> yes. Like, it's outrageous. So, yeah. And I think if they're going to do a, fil- a queer film unit, it should be run by a queer person. Yeah. 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 Or, uh, yeah you wouldn't yeah, yeah. run uh, a First Nations course by a white person. So, I mean, this is Australia, so we probably yeah, we do. Would. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a feminist yep. course run by a man. A man yeah. You know, yeah. It, it happens. Mm. Um, so then what happened is in the 70s, it started broaching into mainstream. You had something like uh, the boys in the band and stuff like that. And they caused a lot of controversy. And so a lot of the stories were very miserable dealing with coming out usually. Um, and then the 80s and 90s, it went into indie cinema because that was the big birth of, mm. you know, sex lies and videotape. No, you can. You don't need a studio to make a movie anymore. And so there's a lot of those indie sort of those kind of touchstones of queer cinema, the, the edge of 17 and all that kind of stuff that came about because people were doing it for like no money, shooting it almost on HD yeah. for a lot of it. Um, and then there's actually a term, new queer cinema, that's used to define stuff late 90s through to now. That's okay. like new queer. New queer. Yeah. I mean, I, I think labels like that, I'm just like, they don't make sense. Like, why is it new as opposed to old? I think from well, then to now it's two very different time periods. Yeah, well, because, because that's 25 kind of years. Marriage yeah. equality pretty much. Is you basically have like the queer films of the last 10 years and then the 15 well, years. Well, I, I think that the distinction different. that they, they make is the fact that queerness and queer culture kind of emerged from this underground counterculture movement into like actual culture. Yeah. Uh, where we weren't 
it wasn't so much like actually hidden away. Like I think after Stonewall, yeah, like, it's literally it's like getting, that's that's yeah. the definition is post Stonewall cinema, queer yeah. cinema. Mm. Whereas like this out and proud sort of movement, rather than suffering in the closet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I got in the early two thousands, queer cinema became awards bait. Straight actors love playing. <laughs> they get Oscars yeah. oh. for playing Buck and James Franco. Inherent drama. <laughs> Wait, who did Jeff? What did he, I mean, other like he's done it a lot, but in Milk. But has he ever? Oh, did Franco, he win the Oscar for Milk? Milk, uh, King Cobra, mm. I am Michael. No, no, but has he like as far as oh, like, has he won awards for it? I don't know. He but was, was he nominated for Milk? I, don't I know, know Sean Penn won for Milk. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. but he's definitely uh, out there. He's definitely baiting for the for the awards with the gay characters. Like, he gotta get that gay Oscar. Yeah, look, yeah. he's this close oh, to God, Jared Leto. Dear God, he needs to do gay porn for an Oscar. Yes, please. He would. <laughs> Seriously, he would. He, he would. would. Didn't he do that? Um, uh, what is it? It's the deleted scene from that William Friedkin movie with Al Pacino at cruising, and there was like forty minutes of cruising uh, that yeah. got deleted for censorship, and so then he made a movie called Interior Leather Bar that's that 40 minutes that was missing from the movie and he made it with like a guy who does like artsy porn or something like that. I, I'm just like, I'm I have familiar. no desire to go. And it's just, well, he's been quoted as saying that he's jealous of gay people for having that otherness about them. Like that's what he wants. <laughs> just yeah. just the gay. otherness? Yeah. God. Just wants to be othered. Oh. Yeah. He he wants How that terrible. kind of separation. Yeah, from the status I don't want to be part of. Well, he's other now because he's like you know a bit of a pedo. So <laughs> yeah, well, you heard it here. Oh, <laughs> heard it here. when well, did that look, happen? There's actual physical evidence of him I'm hitting not, on underage women on Instagram, I'm just sliding into their it. DMs. I missed that one. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so um, we're going to break this down a little bit. Queer film as a genre. I mean, we've kind of touched on it, but the the genre elements of a queer film. What do we see those as? Well, like, like you said, uh, see, uh, character is one that like really can, because like I specifically one of the ones in my top five where like the queer character is so just, it's just they're gay. It has nothing to do with the plot or anything. It's just that guy's gay. Yeah. So like, does that really. Gayness isn't a plot device. It's a character. Um, uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Not trait? backstory. Character trait. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to a plot mm. device. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like, honestly where I want, I love characters who are just gay because. It's not like, oh, they got to come out of the, the... It's just like, no, that guy's gay. Like, like Damien, Damien and Mean Girls. And mean girls yeah. 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 <laughs> it's just, that's a gay guy. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, and it yeah. had absolutely no driving point for the plot whatsoever, Nothing. except yeah. that it made it yeah. funnier and more fabulous. Um, yeah. I've kind of got, like, they tend to deal with, like, themes and plots usually, and they have, I mean, especially because queer cinema is so such a tiny, like we think of it as I had to go at someone cause they did this big rant about how they're sick of seeing all these like gay oh, acceptance fucking films. Hell, I know exactly who you're talking and about. I had to go at them cause I'm like, dear God, there was like f- what four movies in the last three years that specifically dealt with it. Like as opposed to all of the straight films, it's such <laughs> an, the actual numbers are, and they're declining too. They just, I think glad just released the numbers that they're actually worse this year than they were two years ago. So, oh, um, but go. they're usually dealing with coming out, Coming yep. out to family as if, if they're a younger person or mm-hmm. to their wife, if it's mm. like every German gay film ever. <laughs> it's like a guy who's in married and he starts a relationship. There's this one called Freefall that everyone seems to love. And I watched it and I'm just like, it's got the, the actor from Sensate, the German one, he's in it. And it's just <sighs> not, it, yeah. I mean, it's, look, I'm sure it's a good movie. I just, <laughs> I have issues with queer cinema, a lot of queer cinema, but they also deal with falling in love, breaking up. 
uh, transitioning, but there's not a lot of trans cinema is like, there's just a complete dearth of it, mm. really. I think they hit their peak with Trans America, mm-hmm. um, mm. which was fucking brilliant. I, I have yet to see that one. Oh my one God. One of my Get favorite out. movies. There's two, I, I will yeah. say this like, there is a lot of like iconic touchstones that I haven't come around to watching yet because I'm, I'm late to the coming yeah, out Yeah, you're a baby. You're a baby. <laughs> um, uh, I think what you're saying about messaging is is true. Like um, one of the movies that came up for me that I watched because it came up and I was like, oh, let's find some gay films to watch because as everyone in my house says, all you do is watch gay things. Um, <laughs> literally, that's what my teenager says. Are we watching this just because it's another gay film? <laughs> <sighs> yes, we are, child. <laughs> we came out of Love, Simon. He was like, that's the best movie ever. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but this one I found was called The Road Within with Dev Patel. Um, what? Yeah. Oh, 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 I don't even know this. this. Yeah. Um, and it was the most non-gay gay film I've ever seen. Um, it was like, uh, I th- it was just the subtleness of, I think they were, there was an implica- implication that Dev's character was, was gay. Um, it was an interesting concept. It was, it was focusing on three characters, uh, Dev Patel, um, a guy with Tourette's, which is fucking hysterically well done. Um, <laughs> even though, you know, they were playing on the story thing, but it was done well. Um, and a girl with an eating disorder all in like a, a like a little rehab What's center. it called? The Road Within. The Road okay. Within. Yeah. I have to add this to my list. Yeah, I've never heard of it before. Subtle little film. The three of them are checked into a rehab thing uh, and Devs is for OC Day. Um, and he's just kind of, he's a little bit hyper, I don't want to say feminine, but he's, he's almost like kind of hyper femme and that's kind of where they're, they're yeah. getting at that he might be gay. But sexuality is never really discussed there in, inherently, but it came up as a, as a queer film. But I think what they were going for was the messaging of kind of self-acceptance and journey and, you know, the the other characters had more of a fight with their parents about who they were than he did in any kind of sexual yeah. awakening. And I think that using that kind of messaging was their way of it being a queer film if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, self-acceptance over here, we're not necessarily saying queer self-acceptance. We're kind of saying that as a whole with somebody who may be queer along for that journey as yeah. well. So really, yeah. That's interesting cool. That's, I, have to, I have to well, I think, up. well, that's, it's one of the, the points that you've written down here is like why, what is good about queer films? And I think it, it's that sense of like everyone feels like separated and other and, and except James Franco, way. he wants except to James, except James Franco. He feels too accepted. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I think that like that's universal, but through the queer story, you can really examine that self acceptance yeah. and yeah. Yeah. celebration. Um, yeah, yeah. And there's other stories dealing with. I got here. They deal with the conflict of the queer versus the hetero world. A lot mm. of those coming out ones mm. kind of deal with that. Um, yeah, it's, and, oh, there's going to be a war. Yeah, you know? sex work uh, is another big one that just all like yeah. all the time and AIDS obviously, which is yeah. uh, it's it's a point of contention <sighs> that a lot of like yeah. because you don't want to be disrespectful because it is such a huge thing that needs to be acknowledged as part of the community, but at the same time, if that's the only narrative we're getting, there's a reason why like the 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 the, the zeitgeist of queer cinema is so like the sense of dour depressing misery porn oh yes so yeah. much of it and um, that's why there was some of those really good ones that have come out that it's, are really it's just- why love simon i think did what it did because we're like oh shit this is a john hughes movie with a gay kid even beyond that though like where we look at the movie pride um yes where it was in the same time frame the same issues and they took that and they went and they just, different direction. Yeah, they dealt with it in a different way. And I like and I like that AIDS is still a part of that narrative. And yet it didn't just like color the whole film with this like gray, yeah. how awful is it to be gay? 
kind of story. Yeah, it was really well done. I love that movie. That was yeah. real. I was surprised how much I liked that movie too. Have you uh, seen um, the uh, what's the other one? Just because it, it touched on what you were saying, Handsome Devil. No, that's on my Netflix queue though. Fucking do it. Is it good? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because another one where like our same kind of way we always keep going is like gay boy falls in love with straight boy or gay boy falls in love with other gay boy who's you who won't come out, which is what I saw in this fucking musical bear last night. Um, <laughs> save me. Um, but and this was so brilliant because it was about two of them struggling with their identity in different ways and they weren't in love with each other. Oh, that's and good. They oh, that's cool. Emotionally torn over it. Have you seen uh, Date and Switch? No, I haven't. So it's a teen comedy. It's written by a guy, one of the guys uh, who wrote a lot of Master of None, but not Aziz Ansari. The, the, the his Asian co, like the Asian man who's his co showrunner on mm. that. Um, his Asian best friend in the show, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And um, uh, it's like it's like a two guys who like have their let's lose our virginity by prom thing, and then one of them comes out. And so then they're like, oh, okay, we have to kind of, and, it, and they're dealing with tr- like this, the straight friend is trying to deal with trying to be supportive, having difficulty because like their whole plan and stuff. Like, it's, 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 it's a little kitsch, but it's kind of sweet. And it's, it's, it's that in that vein of, oh, it's a, it's a happy genre. It's dealing with things in a way where it's not this, like just this vice on the whole narrative. Mm. It's kind of dealing with coming to terms with being friends, growing up, knowing that you're going to go in different directions and stuff but that's a really good one date and switch yeah um queer film as form and style you kind of touched on it a bit zane with it's basically the male gaze turned on men yeah Mm. um big time also sass sass a lot of wit in in Mm. old hollywood a lot of that kind of yeah thing with all the subtext was in that no coward just anything the knock out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you notice how many times we've talked about men versus how many times we've talked about women? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, but, like, most of my favorite queer characters are women. Oh, really? Okay, oh, yeah. I've kind of oh, wow. got. I'm, 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 I've cheated a little bit. Um, I've, I, they're mostly men, but and most of my top five are like. Oh no, I recent. only have one woman. There are a lot but of, I, I will say, like, a lot of. Queer cinema is male driven. Male driven. It's because a lot of cinema, period, is male driven. Um, And and because queer cinema, you have to fight even harder. It's like it's just going to squeeze women out of it a lot more. And one of my favorite queer films is But I'm a Cheerleader. And that's. I I wanted to watch that one this week and I want to watch Weekend this week. Have you not watched it? No, no, no. It's very funny. Go into it knowing it's silly. Yeah, go into it with a forgiving. Yeah, okay. Because it's not like great production value, but yeah. it's funny. I mean, what's it called? But, but I'm a cheerleader. Where can I find it? I think it is on iTunes. Oh. I will have to have a look though. I know I've I've had it for ages. I don't know where it's, I got it from. You can find it in places. I've I've known about it for ages. Um, I'll be interested to see what you think about Weekend when you watch it. No, I really like Andrew Haig's kind of style. Fits that like his style is interesting because it's what's segued into looking essentially. It's a, I think it's a very, um, yes, it is. It's stylistically very much like looking. I think it's a very lesbian queer film style for gay men. Like, <laughs> like, and I've only seen a few of, of, of lesbian queer cinema. And I feel like they have this really kind of, Gentle, like you're watching it through, like a, a, a slice of life, screen. kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a subtle and a flow about it that's yeah. really, yeah, 
with the uh, rolling with the ocean is like the best way I can yeah, describe yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A weekend feels like that. When it comes to lesbian cinema, the the female gaze is so different well, to the male gaze. Got, as well. like, like the the uh, the is there like a female gaze turned on females with lesbian cinema? Is there a lot of lesbian cinema directed by lesbian women? That's what I'm that I know. Outside of even, the kids are all right is the only one I can pull out of my head. Color like that's directed by, by men, right? and it's apparently and it's got copped a lot of flack because gaze. it's a very yeah. male gaze. I think I'm just looking it up. I know, have you seen the kids are all right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I quite like that movie, but the, it, like again, it's that flowing ocean, and it's very like sex is almost not a part of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's interesting. I um, think that Skin Deep, the Australian film. Um, was possibly, if I can find it, directed by a woman. If I well, why are you going there? I've got uh, some notes here. Like form, like yeah, what's interesting is it's the form is expressing stuff that we'll inherently understand um, no, a, a, as like queer people. Yeah. Um. In in the example, a really good example is in Love Simon. Um. Because the form, like like the the cuts and the shots don't seem to be very flashy, and they're not. But what they do is really interesting. The the way they frame Simon in a single and they cut to him when other characters are saying specific things. And that gives the audience... This, like, so the first example, you know, the first 10, 15 minutes of that movie, Simon never actually says, I'm gay in that movie. But they have a moment where, like, they're sitting down to watch a thing. They're like, let's watch The Bachelor. And it's like a group shot of the family. The dad's like, oh, The Bachelor, he's totally gay cut to Simon while the conversation's still going on mm. and then you come out. And using that single gives an audience who might not understand that feeling a little bit of that feeling. They cringe because oh, cool. yeah. the I'm gay hasn't been said in the film yet, but they completely understand that already. So that to me is where like the form comes into it. Um, uh, dealing with the erotic as well. I think it's like sexual repression leads to like a hypersexualized nature and so a lot of queer cinema is very sexual, very well, also erotic. that's the point of difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is, that's like the part of your person and personality that is sets you apart or is basically you're excluded from society because of that part of your, so you're going to focus on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the unsaid and subtext is huge in queer cinema. Yeah, definitely. Um, more so than it ever is in, in straight cinema. Also doublespeak. Double speak, yep. Yep, saying one thing and meaning another. Yep, mm. uh, double entendre. Um, oh, no, not double entendre, <laughs> double speak. So, like, meaning the opposite of what you're saying. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But not in, a, not in a sarcastic <laughs> way, not in a humorous way. Yeah. Uh, like, actually, like, denying that you love someone to tell them that you love someone. Yeah, like, that, yeah, yeah. That okay, sort yeah, of yeah. communication is very prevalent in, yeah. in well, older gay cinema. Yeah, um, and I've got music and colour are always big aspects of that. Yeah, Baz Luhrmann's gay, right? No. no what? He's married to a woman. He's married. Yeah, oh. this is this is the thing. I, I wanted Makes to kind of, I, I was going to like. just stylish, all right? Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that now, though. Like, I'm I'll really skip ahead now. and then swap things. Like, gay films that have nothing, because this is a thing. Like, there are queer movies that are considered gay, iconic films that have nothing gay in them whatsoever. And the entire filmography of Baz Luhrmann yeah. is that. And Baz Luhrmann, and you even hear him speak, and like, it's just terrible to, you know, cause we're dealing with cliches and stuff, but you hear Baz Luhrmann speak. He sounds like a gay man. And the way he talks, what he talks about is not just, you know, the fact that he's got a quite a strong well, list. Just cause he's, Married to a woman does not mean that he's not bisexual and just doesn't want to make a thing out of it. Yeah, that, like, that could but, be it. Yeah, but I, I just you watch his movies and they're the 
gayest things on the fucking planet. <laughs> like Moulin Rouge. You cannot get a movie gayer than a mixtape of Elton John <laughs> in France with like, you know, it just, it, it boggles the mind. His movie is the equivalent of turning up six hours late for your own party and drag. Yeah. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. an entourage of backup dancers. Yeah, yeah. It's, hey, and it's hey, bizarre. Yeah, yeah. And all of them. All of them. <laughs> even like the least gay film that he's done is Australia. This is his uh, least good film as well. But even that had Hugh Jackman running yeah, around like yeah, a cowboy. The big, like like the, the shower scene of Hugh Jackman. You're like, this is like the male gaze turned on a man. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, it boggles the mind. But there's some other ones like um, Death Becomes Her. I find it's really weird how that's considered a really queer film. I can't even remember that one. Well, it's, it's totally Street. focused yeah. on like the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and youth and beauty. And like that's that's a big part of the nineteen eighties nineteen nineties queer culture. But is, is it weird though that that became so? Because that was a bit so. of a box office flop and all that kind of stuff. I only saw it recently for the first time last year. I fucking love that because movie. It, yeah, because it's super it's super diva and it's super bitchy. Like it's they're like drag yeah. queens, but they're yeah, they're and women. that's like the diva films, like all the, like all, anything with. Beaches. and Beaches is yep. another one I got here. I literally did a list of like gay films that aren't gay at all. And there's like, <laughs> like Barbarella is considered. Singing, yeah. Singing Otto Titzling. Yeah. I yeah. love that Barbarella is considered a. Uh, Barbarella is considered a very gay film. Clue is considered a yep. gay film. Yeah, I can see Nine that. to five. And I guess the. Anything with Dolly Parton is a yeah, gay film. Yeah. Honorary yeah. drag queen. Dolly yeah. Pretty yeah. much. And, but it, actually, it's interesting because I realized that the epitome of this non gay gay film is The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. yeah, which has synon- like Friends of Dorothy, Re- Yellow Brick, Ro- like all that, yeah. all of that thing has become so canonical with queer culture, and yet there's nothing gay in that movie whatsoever. And Beetlejuice is quite a, a gay is film. It? As I well. have not wow, seen Beetlejuice really? yet. Yeah, holy, sh- see, like there are like, not an official one, but I when you it say it, there are like moments. Where I was like, I'm like, yeah, I can see this. It's but- fabulous in costumes, yeah. and it's quirk, and it's but like- speaking of uh, gay superpowers, Carrie. Carrie is, yeah, a Carrie is a very big, and that's all kind of it's what's well, metaphor, not subtext. Yeah, yeah. It's like her superpowers are a metaphor for homosexuality, or, or could be viewed that way. Yeah, yeah. And and having the hyper religious mother and all yeah. that kind of yeah. shit. Um, I've just found that's like a really interesting thing that there's gay cinema that's not gay, really. Like there's no queer characters. There's no sexuality discussed. Um, but queer TV well, is tapping into. Tapping Sorry. into queer culture, you can definitely style a movie with tropes from queer culture like Spangles and Feathers, yeah, like a la Moulin Rouge and still have it not be a gay movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but queer TV is an interesting one because that's kind of exploded, especially because we're now in the... Only quote- recently, right? Because, like, there was Will and Grace. Yeah, and- yeah. And Queer as Folk was a huge phenomenon. When yeah, Queer as Folk, the, US, the UK one was groundbreaking but not i hated it i i, I hated it too yeah uk one and the us one i never watched the us version of anything i hated the uk one but i watched it after i'd seen the first parts it's, of the first it's bizarre the that one. charlie hunnam is in that as in like <laughs> oh, wow. king arthur slash pacific rim and he's like the young twinky kid losing his virginity <laughs> oh. to 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 Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. Yes, oh, I beautiful. went back and I was rewatching it like two years ago. Uh, well, I watched it for the first time. Sorry, and yeah, I was like, 
that's that's <laughs> Littlefinger. Yeah, that's yeah. fucking Littlefinger. Yeah, oh my it's god, bizarre. Um, I, I guess like UK was always kind of maybe a little bit more progressive, but in the US, Ellen was a huge. Ellen. Well, that was that was that was the one. That was the one where she is our savior. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. but she also, um, in the same way that Will and Grace was criticised for it, you know, for you know making gay palatable. I mean, Ellen's done the same thing as well. Ellen is not, you know, there and amazing for being overtly queer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing that I think of when I think of Ellen DeGeneres and her show and anything that represents lesbianism and the queer community other than when she does directly speak to it but the show's not about being a lesbian yeah no. she broke ground yeah. by actually having the balls to come out in a time when it wasn't safe and it fucking cost her career and it cost her like 20 yeah. years to get it back and hats off to her she's amazing but i don't look to that program as a as a queer program yeah. she as a person has made queer people more palatable and has Pave the way for us to be yeah, there. She's and a that's queer amazing. ambassador to the straight community. Yes, <laughs> that's she, right. She lives amongst them. Yes, she's standing there, opening the gate, and yeah. just like shepherding them yeah. through. Do you consider Will and Grace though a queer show? I mean, they. Oh yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I love it. It's one of my most favorite shows of all time. I could quote it. I've only, I, but uh, even for so long, Jack wouldn't come out. Like he was afraid to come no, out. Jack Sean comes Hayes. out like yeah, five episodes. Oh, oh the, the, the actor, you mean? Yeah. I thought you meant the character. Yeah, no, Sean yeah. Hayes was in the closet for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah, like, yeah. no, I'm straight. Um, and and I was watching because I only watched that through from beginning to end recently. And Will, his first kiss with a man is with Jack, and it's a joke for like TV thing. NBC so episode. Thing. Yeah. And then he doesn't actually kiss a man on screen until like season six or seven. I think Vince is the first one he has a real yeah. kiss with from memory. Yeah. No, no. So the, the first kiss is like is when he's dating the young kid who works at the video store. Um, and the, oh, they yeah. have a kiss at the elevator, like the beginning before they roll cri- credits. And that was like season six. And you're like, Jesus Christ, it took six well, years. As we all know, gay people don't kiss. Yeah. 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 True. But yeah, but yeah. yeah Grace Boom. has like <laughs> sex scenes with Woody Harrelson, all of this shit going on with Grace's love life. Yeah. And Will is so restricted to make him more. But they honestly, they had their token. They had Megan Mullally. He's bisexual. Yeah. So. Yes, ah, yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> so, it, but yeah, even it was, that didn't come out until like seasons in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And look, yeah, it was—it's a brilliant show. But it, yeah, in terms of that that safeness, like, look, we're going to give you it, but you just need to be really careful with this, guys. Just yeah. as like, you're writing it, he, you know? here is the square that you get to stay inside. <laughs> yeah, and not offend us. Mm. Yeah. But they can, pushed it and they tried. Can I ask with the uh, with the revamping of the show? Because I haven't seen the revamp of the show. Yeah. Uh, do they have more of that? Do they have more kissing? There's more kissing already straight yeah. up, just oh, off yeah. the bat. And they're dealing with, like, they had one where they dealt with a queer conversion camp, but I don't think Oh, my God, are. that broke my heart. Really? But, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, God, I'm a, I'm a terrible person then. I didn't, I didn't like person. it very well. I'm crying much. thinking about it. Like, it was, oh, traumatizing episode. So if you haven't seen it, right? Yeah. So it, the, the beautiful hilariousness was Jack's accidentally end up being a grandfather. Jack was terrified of getting old. <laughs> so... They're playing on the ageism, yeah. you know, for this new season. Um, and this kid like pops up on the door, says, "Oh, I'm I'm your son." And Jack, are oh, your grandson? And Jack and his son have been estranged, you know, since yeah. the show ended. Um, and then kids like, "Look, I've got to go." My d- and just the sitting on the couch in a certain way, yeah, 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 yeah. But and, like, and he's like, "I've got to go." My parents are going to go take me to camp. And he's like, "Oh, cool. I'll write you. I can come and see you." What's the camp called? Um, and he said, uh, "It's called uh, Camp Straight and Narrow." <laughs> and it's like just as soon as he said that, just heart drops. Mm. 
just yeah, it's it, it's it's really good. Uh, we're we're clocking in now, but we'll we'll keep working through um other shows. There's there's a weird show with starring Jason Bateman called Some of My Best Friends. Okay. As in some of my best friends are gay. Yeah. It lasted like one season. The L word is a big one. Oh yeah, yeah let's um, love Recently, that. Looking Instinct, oh. Orange is the New Black, anything Ryan Murphy has ever done ever. Yeah. Sensei. Sensei. Yeah, uh, Sensei yeah. is what Pose. I really So he's got, Ryan Murphy's got a new show called Pose, which is basically Paris is Burning, the TV show. How many TV shows does this man he's, need? He's, and he's man. just got a $300 million deal with Netflix and he's going to be making shows until the end of time. Yes. Um, and I personally <laughs> love one of my favourite sort of TV instances of queerness was San Junipero in Black Mirror. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. oh my God. That, it might have you not on seen my list later. Have you not seen San Junipero, Michael? Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. yes. The, the, one the one happy one episode. Yes. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah I forgot um, about that one. where, like, the entire time I was terrified because I'm like, no, this is going to end up terribly. And yeah. then at the end I was just like, no, yeah. it's happy. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. It's happy but also depressing at the same time. It's bizarre <laughs> how it toes that line. Um, But what makes, like, shitty queer films real quick? The fact that they're bad. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, there's, a Budget. Market, there's a market for them and regardless of – content that market will buy, buy it. it because it's yeah. basically i've it's basically softcore porn for yeah, the most part we want to see Sometimes we want to see porn is. with a better plot well like that australian movie uh head on was like i haven't seen it yet but i got the dvd yeah, off you literally like the work it's a it's, it's not a good film really but you get to see and the famous australian's penis so everyone bought Who? it <laughs> Come on, man! We need this. He's buying it right now. It was a Good long doing. time ago. Yeah, uh, I think it was a long head on. Uh, head on. It's like a Greek Australian. Yeah, thing. yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've brought it up on the podcast before. Uh, David Dakota's films. So he's a very famous like B movie gay, yeah. and like pretty much in the last ten years, he's made like fifty billion really gay softcore porn yeah. films, essentially. Where oh it's just God. like uh, that, that's a uh, Bigfoot vs. DB Cooper. Where like and the entire again, film is five straight so men. Queer cinema has come out of this counterculture, this yeah. same kind of exploitation sphere. Mm. So you kind of work your way yeah. up through bad movies <laughs> yeah. and bad romantic comedies if you've got that, and then into a la the real. eating out movies. I haven't seen that <laughs> eating okay. out movies. It's eating out, and there's like five of them, I and they just not call this... that a romantic comedy. <laughs> it's, like it's like a, a sex com. It's so. Bad. The romantic comedy I always go to with queer film, and it's not a good movie, but Mumbo Italiano. It's so charming. I know of it. I know of it. Yeah. It's just, and, it's, and it is just kind of like a, an Italian guy who has to got a very traditional parents and has to figure out how to be gay. Yeah. I think budgets are a big part too. A lot of them are so cheap. Look, I think you can make brilliant films on small budgets. Yeah, you I think- can. And that's why. That's why. But I think what happened is a lot of people are like content. They're like, oh, this film is gay. So we don't need to put any work in it because there's men kissing on screen. So that's that's the yeah. film. And so they're always visually bland as fuck. Like Shelter is so two shot over, over end scene establishing shot two shot two shot over like it's there's no creativity done in the visuals yeah. which is why i like pride a lot they put work into the visuals of the film it's why even looking there's thought in the process i think what makes those good and every other good one we've talked about is that you it looks at narratives that aren't the same shit over and over again yeah. i think that's yeah. where we get bad queer films it's often repeated stuck it's in so the same same i really didn't like story. i really didn't like holding the man no i didn't like it either i was like we've seen this 
I'm sorry, we have seen the star-crossed lovers who can't come out like, you know, a million times and the AIDS story a million times. Yes, I know this is and iconic. And it didn't do anything. You can do that and then do something new with it and they yeah. didn't. It was, yeah. and visually it was bland. I know but- it was iconic text. It was great. But, you know, again, you were using straight people to play gay characters. Yeah. We've got enough fucking gay people that are such an iconic well, one thing. of them's gay, isn't he? Uh, the I'm one who played sure. John Caleo, I believe, is uh, out. I know the runty one from Back to the Rafters. I'm pretty sure yeah, he's, no, straight. No, he's, he's straight. He's straight. Um, um, but yeah, just but could have been done better. Great, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, great queer films, though. I think it's a strong it's a artistic list. voice does it. Yeah. Um, something like Pride. I've got God's Own Country that played at Sundance. And that deals with like a coming to terms with sexuality and that kind of thing. But it's a story that doesn't need gay to be just as poignant because it's about a guy needing to open up to someone else because he's so shut off from the rest of the world. What about the best queer film of all time that is completely no narrative that we've ever seen repeated ever? Which one's this? Nobody's going to try and jump in and guess it. I'm worried as to what you're going to say right now. They've never tried to replicate it. There's nothing like it whatsoever. The fucking Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I have problems with that movie, but what? you are wrong. It is, it, 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 I watched it at the wrong time as a kid. Yeah, I've watched it when I was like ten, and I've I'm loved like they're it. eating yeah, a biker same. man. Like why? Yeah, but like that is Gay a culture, most man. Out, like it is a queer film through and through. Yeah, and it is so out for its time. Was completely fucking out there, and it it's it's queer without. You know, being there because we're telling a queer it's story. Also, it was just like random. What it's also is, it's like I think part of that is genre cinema being let in. It's not just a drama. Like musicals are like they're so synonymous with gay culture, and yet there's very few gay musicals. Mm. Um, Rocky Horror Picture Show, Hedwig and the Angry Inch is my Rocky there, there Horror. Is a, there is a mm. lot of like gay subtext in musicals. Yeah. Especially for when they came out at the time. And I think. Especially anything directed um, by Vincent like Minnelli. Rocky Horror, like that's the, like you said, genre, you get to elevate everything. Yeah. yeah. So you can exist in that kind of murky, are we doing it just for the sake of camp? Yeah. It, um, part. And that's where, but yeah, like Rocky Horror for its time was was totally groundbreaking and that's mm. what caused this such a strong cult phenomenon to form around it yeah. because no one no one had done anything similar and we're getting interesting things now with like call me by your name and moonlight mm. where there's these really strong artistic voices some stories that are not quite what we've just seen all the time so it and but in there's, love simon there's stories like we've seen that story about a boy and a girl yeah um it's just the the complications uh, are different. Yeah. So I think like queer film moving forward is going to be less queer in inverted commas film. It's just going to be part of narrative film. thing. Yeah. I, and I say that like uh, that's, you know, the future of queer films and sort of the merging of it into mainstream cinema, which some people are really adamant shouldn't happen. I'm like, it has to happen. Well, people it? are adamant. Straight people Queer or gay people? Uh, gay people. There's okay. this contingent of very counterculture. As soon, the acceptance of it in mainstream culture makes it not gay anymore, essentially. And it's this weird thinking that I can't quite... Well, it's I kind of... Kinda, mm, there's there's definitely a, a place for queer culture, but if the price of a, having a queer culture is not acceptance in mainstream culture and, <laughs> and being in danger and not being allowed to marry... Uh, marry yeah. a, a, another man like that that's too 
too high. Yeah. Were, were yeah. many gay people against gay marriage? It's like, no, we don't there want are, that. They, That's just straight fucking thing. in Australia, they, they, the, 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 the conservatives them. Just, found them and I put them say, on if front you watch and Season two of Queer as Folk, there is a lot of gay men basically talking about why marriage is a heterosexual thing. Men should never marry men, et cetera, et cetera, et yeah. cetera. And that, that's, that's a gay discussion. Yeah, there's a whole movement of people that are just like, you know, the whole idea of, of queerness and otherness is being different and celebrating and the fact that we have our own culture and our own set of rules that we live by. Why do we have to focus on assimilating and doing what straight people do when we have something different? Why do we have to focus on how My thinking on that is always why do married? straight people get to have a monopoly on it? They, yeah, exactly. By, by doing that, you're literally buying into the straight constructed notion that this is for us and you have your own thing. It's it's literally a, a, a an ideology created by the oppressors, essentially, to not to get too yeah, deep into it. I think queer, for everyone, it's, it's an idea yeah. of saying something should be this way. As gays, we should be X, Y, Z. And, well, no, fuck you. Yeah, there's, like, no, there's no right way to be gay. That's right. And, and that's the thing, like, so much of, like, early... Uh, queer culture or, or specifically like male culture, there were very defined lines between um, even men and women, gays and lesbians, but then you've got the trans community that was also very separate mm. and moving forward, we, we're getting a, a much more a, amalgam, bigger amalgam of that kind of um, cultural diaspora, which is a word I just sure. learned recently. <laughs> oh, love some big words. Uh, I, I learned that, that one off Guillermo del Toro. I learned that in <laughs> and uh, I think the, uni last year. The, the, uh, militant queers i guess you'd call them yes uh, how they label themselves is like that's what they're latching you guys have to. a military no. i knew yes. it yeah yeah we've, we've, we've got, got a, fucking a mafia um, um, we've got everything i'm looking Ooh. forward to like an, a genuine solid studio romantic comedy about with a gay character definitely uh, i'm the closest we've that. ever come to that is that me uh you me it's the one with piper parabo in it and she's like getting married but she's like a lesbian on the side i cannot remember what it is Called, but I want I want the gay superhero movie. I want to do that one. Just being putting that out. There. I want to do Midnighter as you know, the one I would have loved to have seen. Sorry, yeah. Deadpool. We've got Deadpool, who is so pansexual he never talks about it ever. Once he made a joke about it. It's a oh, joke in the, in the well, second movie, I assume, because yeah, everything every joke where, he where makes he is was talking to the pizza delivery guy. Uh, like, yeah, that yeah. came out wrong or did it? Uh, um, have you seen the way he looks? <laughs> I've heard of it. Yeah, so it's a, a foreign film. Uh, I don't remember what language. Film. Spanish. That, I think, is what you're talking about. Like, if, if that had been in English and had gone mainstream, it would have been superb hit. And it's an almost rom-com, not quite as much yeah. as a com, but if, for anybody that's going, what is that? It's basically a blind kid who uh, him and his, his um, able eye person who can see um, <laughs> yeah. friend who helps him guide person. Yeah, I was like guide dog. No, <laughs> his not his friend dog. who can see, blind person, his friend who can see, they fall in love, and it's a really just beautifully well done. Mm. I love the cinema of it, and I just love the storyline because it was just so. It wasn't even necessarily about the queerness societally around them. It was like we're here with these two people. We're just seeing. We're seeing. It's it's the idea of being able to see narratives that we've been excluded from for yeah. so long. Now with queer character, it's like Black Panther with the black community. It's a superhero yeah. movie now with a fucking black person in the lead. Yeah, and I like I want that so bad. I want a gay superhero so fucking oh, yeah. bad. Oh, it's they gonna should be... make Brie, if Brie Larson is playing the Captain Marvel or whatever. Mm, yeah, she should be a lesbian. I think 
Fingers that's crossed. not going to happen. It's not going to happen, Just but fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. Start the campaign. She's got the haircut. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, that's a good place to end it. The future of it is it's, it's looking good. It's looking mm. better. It's looking better every every year. Oh, um, yeah. like, with Love, Simon and all the people freaking out well, about it becoming mainstream. I think I we guess had a good chance. there's less, but it's higher quality. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, so I yeah, um, so we're gonna do our top five this week, and I'm gonna do top five queer characters. I thought it'd be easier than like queer films because probably, there's not a lot of good ones, but queer characters. There are, I object. There are a that. lot. There are there are notable ones, but as far as like great movies, it's it's not yes, as not I'll, as clear. Um, I'll go first because and Zane will go last so that we can chop off all his like excess ones. I just got um, excited, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, like, I know all the names. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, so I've got my honourable mentions here and a lot of mine, and this is telling of how recent I am to sort of trying to watch all these movies and stuff, most of mine are very recent. Um, but I've got Daryl and White Josh from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, yeah. because Especially Daryl because he's like a middle-aged man who comes out as bisexual with like a great song for it as well and he's like and he call, he calls himself both sexual like it's this it's a really it's a really well done <laughs> both sexual yeah have you not seen it it's a really no. really good show um it takes its time to get its sort of rhythm but Daryl and White Josh are like OTP couple goals um i've got the entire cast of Orange is the New Black pretty much <laughs> I, specifically I two specifically i've got Sophia and Nichols Sophia Bursette, which is like the first trans character played by a trans person on you mean TV. Suzanne Warren. Very rare. No, 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 not Crazy oh, Eyes. Crazy. No, no, no. Sophia Bursette, the, the, the hairdresser, oh, trans yeah, woman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Laverne Cox. Uh, oh, I've got Nichols, Nikki Nichols, mm-hmm. who's the actress from But I'm a Cheerleader. Her character, because her, I love what how she accidentally fell in love with Lorna as a plot in that show. That's heartbreaking. It's so good. And then I got Poussey as well. Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, Poussey, but that. Yep, no. no. Spoilers. Spoilers. Okay. Um, I've got, it's still an honorable mention, Titus Andromedon from yes. Unbreakable Kimmy <laughs> Schmidt. You don't like Titus? I don't like Titus. I haven't seen it. I think but it's I know such a great performance. Like I though. like him in everything else he does. Titus drives me insane. Insane. He's a terrible person, but that's the point. All the characters in that show, except Kimmy. But even Kimmy sometimes drives me insane. Yeah. I just can't watch it. Okay. Okay. Um, I've got Connor and Oliver from How to Get Away with Murder. Specifically those ones yes. because during, I, like, I came to that show like in the middle of my coming out and it was a very useful because that's a character who's very unapologetically gay. Mm. And then Oliver was kind of like this good muting down of, of Connor's like just fucking anything that I would call him unapologetic. Moves. I would call him outright defiantly gay. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love the dynamic of them is breaking a whole lot of shit down. Yeah, like, yeah. And even like Oliver is the first uh, like on TV positive, HIV positive yeah. gay character. And he's queer and he's Asian and he's HIV positive. Yeah. Um, and and it's actually played by a queer actor. Well, well, half of that couple is played by a queer actor. And even also breaking the the stereotype as well. He like they um I think in a couple of the sex scenes they paint him as a top as well. And they they both yeah they they flip up and down yeah all, um, all, all, all every other episode. Um and then I've got Cyrus Bean from Scandal, um which I'm still working through. That character is good because he's gay and it's so almost irrelevant to the plot. And he's such a monster. He's an awful political animal. And it's such a really 
it's the first time I was like, oh, this is a character who's gay. The gayness isn't what makes him a monster. It's like he's a monster and he's gay. And he's like, it's such a weird, I'd never seen a character like that before on TV or in movies. Um, So my number five, my top five, I've got number five is Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. I've I've taken him off my list already. You can't go past that because he's so, you haven't seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I haven't. You just tell me to look at my face then. It is one of the best gay characters ever because he's so, he's so, hilarious and the being I don't think he's the best gay one he's, on TV he's at the so moment top five. on the air he's, he's very funny and but he's so atypically gay but he mm. but not also, atypically gay in the sense of let's get a really quote unquote I hate this term but straight acting character to then play him he's, he's not a even character that, that he, his characterization is not in any way gay but it's not in any way straight either he's a weird character yeah, yeah. Um, very straightforward person. Yeah, I've got my number four is Hedvig from Hedvig and the Angry Inch, purely yeah. because that is one of the single best performances. Like, I only saw that one a couple of months ago. Fuck me, that movie is good, and that character is so complicated and not a nice person. Mm. But it's it. Yeah, I love that. I love that performance. Number three is the entire cast of Sensate because canonically they are all pansexual. Specifically, though, Lido. Um, and Nomi and like that's another show. I literally came to this in my number one. So uh, so Sense8, uh, How to Get Away with Murder and uh, Happy Endings came to me while I was in the middle of my own coming out. And so these like characters were very formative to me, specifically that conversation between Lido and Nomi at the museum. Gorgeous, gorgeous writing and that show is so underrated and I'm so sad it's coming to an end. I love that you had all these characters. Like this is so lovely. Yeah. Like yeah, for yeah. me, I had like Anthony Clear who was still in the cupboard. Um, <laughs> like, I say not I closet. Love that you I call say it the cupboard. It's not the closet. Because it's, it's so Anthony little. Clear, it's the cupboard, yeah. yeah. It's covered under the sink oh, that he fits into. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my number two is Alexandra from Tangerine. Yeah. That I knew Tangerine was gonna be on the list. That performance alone is so good and that is so revolutionary and it's weird it's it's unthinkable that that movie is so progressive and so true to the world whilst having been directed by a cis straight white man and yet it's about trans women of color like and yet it's have you not seen this movie i think it's on stan if you have stan it is a fuck it's shot on an iphone which is one of the big oh wow how they shot a movie on an iphone it's about two trans sex workers in santa monica and the the lead girl played by what's it called again Tangerine. Tangerine. Okay. Um, the lead it is girl, an amazing film. It is a really, really good, and it's one that just that has such a powerful ending too. The lead performance that she slips a couple of times, She's you can tell she's untrained. Maya Taylor, who plays Alexandra, it's like, where the fuck did she come from? I'm pissed that she didn't get an Oscar nomination. She won the Independent Spirit Award for Supporting Actress Breaking records left right and center it's 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 criminal that she hasn't been in more movies we all know why obviously um and then my number one is max bloom from happy endings i also saw this coming <laughs> uh the this uh, i mean it's my like happy endings is my favorite comedic show of all time anyway and max is such a great gay character because he's very atypical and he kind of fits into a lot of what you would consider the quote-unquote straight aspects. He's very frat bro. That's how he knows the main characters. They were in like the fraternity together or whatever. But he's also not everything about him is straight except that he like likes Dick because he's in a Madonna cover band. And yeah. they have a whole, they have an episode where he's really struggling to find his identity in the gay community. Is he a bear? Is he a twink? Is he an otter? Is he this? <laughs> is he that? It's such a good show. And they have one of for my money, the best coming out episode 
anywhere because yeah. it's purely because of the way they integrate it with the B plot where, because he's trying to, he basically has one of his friends is his beard to his family the whole time. And then, um, and and then she, the girl who's normally his beard, is like dating a guy with the surname Hitler, Doug Hitler. And she's trying to, it's just, it's, it's so the episode's called Mine Coming Out. <laughs> and it is, it's like literally like episode four of season one. And it is, that show is great. And Max Bloom is so great. And it's played by Adam Pally, who I think is just infinitely funny. Um, and yeah, that was like the the big one for me in the middle yeah. of my coming out that I saw the show and it was, it was very, very formative. So that's my top five. Do we want to go Michael or, or Chanster now? Up uh, to you. Uh, I'll go first because I've got a much shorter list. I need to dance to the bathroom so you <laughs> um, keep going. So my, uh, I've only got the one, um, the one, uh, what is it called when it's not in the list, but it's like honorable um, mention. Honorable that mention. word. Yeah. Why do I keep forgetting that fucking word? I've got one honorable mention and that is Max Bloom. Uh, just because I knew it was going to be Shane's number one. <laughs> and I was like, because like he, he got me onto that show like in the middle of this coming out as well. So like I, I got to see all of this while it was happening to him. So I knew that was going to be his number one. Uh, so I'll move straight into my top five. Uh, number five, I'll, I've also got Ray Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, it, like all the little things, because like in the first episode when they find out that he's gay, because uh, I forget what happens exactly, but when he's he's like, oh, I'm gay. And they act surprised, like, why are you surprised? I, I don't keep a, my sexuality a secret. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, of course. And you notice, like, all throughout the show, it is so obvious. There's, like, the, the little flags. There's all this stuff just saying, you know, yeah, he's gay. It's just he's such an atypically weird yeah. character. And it works so well. Um, my number four is kind of for the same reason. Uh, Boondock Saints, Paul Smecker. That was on my also. Yay. Yeah. I'm glad. Because uh, Shane still has not seen it and I was meant to bring it today just and for him. And it's so odd because that's such a hyper-masculine movie. Absolutely. And, and he is such a hyper-masculine character. Yeah, yeah. I think my favorite scene is it literally, it, it's like that typical detective is in bed with some woman thing. Yeah. He's just on the phone. And he's he's like, oh, shut up, woman. Only it's it's some small Asian guy. And it, it's just the character is gay. No one ever brings it up. It's just, hey, and he's also gay. dressing in drag. And I, yeah, will, and I will watch it eventually. I will watch it eventually. It is such a good movie and such a great character. Uh, my number three is Captain Jack Harkness from both yeah. Doctor Who and Torchwood. Uh, I prefer him in Doctor Who much more, but that's just because I don't like Torchwood that much. Uh, but he is great in Doctor Who, and he's, I think, the first pansexual character I know of. Uh, well, the first one I like found out about pansexuality, uh, which was good because my mum's pansexual. So that's fun. Um, I want to know say what conversation I'm... you had with your mother. Oh, you do not. We, <laughs> we His mother talk. named him Chanster. Yeah. <laughs> that conversation <laughs> is, is, is going to be a bit weird. Uh, my number two is Bernadette Bassinger from Priscilla Queen of the Desert. That's Terrence Stamp's oh, character. I, I need I, to I, watch I, that one properly because I've watched it a very, very, very long time I ago. Stage show is coming to Brisbane. Oh, okay, yeah. Because no. he's bi and he's dealing with, like, fatherhood and, yeah. Yeah, see, uh, for me, I never realised Bernadette was a trans character oh. because they're both, the other two are both drag queens. I just yeah. assumed the three of them were just drag queens. But, no, he, he she's Bernadette sorry, the one actually... that wants Sprin and they, like, they it's aspirin and then they rub out the A on it to make it, like, a different drug. That's the only <laughs> moment I remember from that movie. It's, like, right yes. at the beginning. <laughs> sorry, continue. Um, I, I think... Are you no? That is in that, but it's also in Lacage. That's also in oh, uh, Birdcage. Sorry, 
I haven't seen that one. That was one of the ones I wanted to watch this you week. Not seen? No, and Mike Nichols too. I'm and, pretty and sure and I Robin watched Williams. both movies at the same time as well because it was when I was working at the video store up in mm. Darwin. I watched both Birdcage and Priscilla. Um, but yeah, Terrence Stamp's performance in that is just brilliant. And finally, number one is probably obvious for anyone who knows me. It's Todd Chavez and BoJack Horseman. If only because he's the only asexual character I know. Uh, a <laughs> I lot of people say it. Hannibal Lecter is asexual in the TV show. Hannibal Lecter's gay as hell in the TV show, please. Oh, I think he's pansexual see, in the TV show. Murder sexual? In the books, he's like... he. Uh, he's pretty much like gray sexual yeah. except for for Clarice, which he yeah. falls in love with and ends up blah, blah, blah. Great. Well, I think like people would say that he's sapiosexual, that he's oh. attracted to intelligence. Which does make sense for the <laughs> character. Um, but yeah, honestly, when I, I think he came out, because it was all throughout, was it season three or season four when it was like kind of like seeding this idea? Yeah. And like it as only that ran was for happening, three seasons, so oh, it's no it, season four. Well, then it was probably season two or three. It's yeah, second season. They really started kind of putting that subtext there. If you're looking for it, yeah. And like yeah. I, I started seeing Brian it. I was Fuller. like, the, the love f- it. That was the first time I'd ever had that experience where I was like, oh whoa, I'm am I getting like a, an asexual feeling from here? And then like as it built up to the climax where he came out. I literally cried in that. I cried in an episode of BoJack Horseman where it wasn't one of the really sad parts where he goes to kill himself or something. Oh, wait, are you talking? I thought you were talking about Hannibal still season three. No, no, no. Oh, I, haven't okay, seen, okay. I haven't seen Hannibal. There's only three seasons of Hannibal. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. know. Uh, that's why I haven't watched the show yet because I wanted to see the Corey Starling bits. Um, but yeah, uh, Todd Chavez, like when that character came out, that just blew my mind. And I was just, it was like, I get how it, people feel with having like representation. Yeah. Seeming as I've spoken on the podcast before, the closest thing we've had to representation was 40 year old virgin before that. And even then that's not the case, but yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Michael. Up? All right, I'm going to try and power through my honorable mention list, which is about <laughs> 45 people long. Um, <laughs> so I'll go through as very quickly as possible. Um, and like for sometimes with my, some of my queer characters, it's not because there were always like great characters, but it was just, they might've been well done. So like, um, I, I loved what Rob Williams did with his last character, Nolan and Boulevard. Um, I haven't seen that because I, it's like, I, it, that's, I, Robin Williams was my everything. Yes. Oh, um, but, I, and that movie is like, it's too close to reality in some ways. And so I'm like, yeah, I need to be in a mood. Cause I bawled my eyes out when Robin Williams died. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like deep, like fucking pain. It still hurts. Like it I'm does. still surprised yeah. how much I miss him. Yeah. Never having met him. And I wrote this <laughs> yeah. article, I wrote this article not long after he passed away um, for Star Wars Over or something. And um, I was just touching base with myself and realizing how much of an influence he actually had on me mm. and my queerness growing up. Like from everything from the campness of the genie and oh, Aladdin genie, yeah. to, you know, the, the, um, you know, the drag of, of Mrs. Doubtfire to yeah. the queerness in the birdcage. Like, Robin Williams and the queerness of my youth was so interrelated. I didn't realize until I lost him, and I was like, mm. "Fuck!" I've um, I've never researched. Is Robin Williams queer in any aspect? Not that no. he was ever. It's publicly... interesting because, like, I've like I've noticed that like he is a big part of everyone's queer culture, but he's yeah. not gay at all. I think it's because yeah. again, he's always played this heightened character, and yeah. that is something that is very prevalent throughout every queer person's journey is it was also finding this his intelligence and his yeah. hyper awareness of everything that he did and the and world the wit. And, and the wit but he but knew also, that he also was that reaching heart people that he had yeah like he he would care 
for people who are hurting. That's right. He had empathy on a level that people will never be able to understand. And he was able to bring that empathy to every role. And he was aware of what he was saying and who he was representing and how he was getting that across. And And that he did it through humor and comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But that's why Boulevard touched me so deeply because it wasn't Mm. that. Um, And the story was, you know, Terrible and but so well done. So and I'm aware of time, so I'm gonna try and push. Um, <laughs> so Nolan and Boulevard, and also when he did um, Birdcage was just yeah. everything. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> Teaching the guy how to dance. Oh uh, yeah, just oh, the, ho- the whole Madonna. movie was brilliant. I need to see that. Um, Bianca Del Rio in Hurricane Bianca. Um, <laughs> both her characters there, fucking brilliant. Um, the dreadlock woman, I forgot her name in Pride. Um, you know the yep. the L um, in lesbians and gays support the minors. I love lesbians gays support the minors. Uh, yes. It's so weird that the lead guy in that, the guy, the main guy in that, is like American. His accent is yeah. flawless. He did it so well. And then he did Warcraft. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen that. I'm not going to. Um, two more honorable mentions: the little blonde kid in Camp and Vlad from Camp. If you haven't seen Camp, I have not yet, seen Camp. I yet. must. It is. Yeah, fucking love it. But the little blonde kid kind of almost stole the movie. Yeah, I, of course. I, yeah. As a as a character, I just loved him, and I love the complexity of Vlad that kind of just took things next level. From have you seen been. other people? Yes. The little kid in that's great too. Yeah. Um, Neil and Mysterious Skin. Um, I fucking yeah. love that movie. And again, the complexities in the darkness. I'm glad of that you're Neil. taking some of these off my list. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned Glee earlier. So I, Unique and Santana were two of my favorite queer ones from Glee. So Unique, I, I didn't put on there because Unique, I think it was just because she came in early, later in the season yeah. or, or later in the in the run that I was just kind of, it felt forced. Did you watch um, the Glee project though? No, I see. See, I fell in love with her watching her on the Glee project. Okay, that, and that then makes she sense entered. Then. So I had a year's run in before everybody else got her. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, but I thought she was great. Um, Marshall, you mentioned for United States of Tara goes in my honorable mentions as well. Um, and you mentioned Conifer how to get away with murder. Hedwig, you mentioned as well. Toby in Trans America, the son. Yeah. Brilliant. Seen that. Um, again, deeply complex. Um, Oliver and Elio from Call Me by Your Name, very honorable mention. Elio, I just. Elio, Elio. I love their dynamic um, and hey, I kind of love hate both of them at the same time. Um, I find them both annoying and compelling. I love them. Oh, both um, so annoying. It's, I just <laughs> took a peek at your screen. I saw who the next person is and I'm killing myself that I didn't leave the, put them in. Uh, but uh, like in the next movie, if the next movie pans out the way it? it does, maybe. So my number six out of my five uh, is the biggest honorable mention to Albus Dumbledore. Um, and he would have made my top five if it was more overt that he was a homosexual. I believe, can I, can I, I argue this doesn't. point? Like a, it's never going to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm. Don't say that. It yeah. will in the next movie. The next, the, the no, whole no, series is about no, Albus no, no. And- it, like in the next movie, as in the third Fantastic Aww. Beast. It's not. He's already confirmed it. The director came out and confirmed that Dumbledore is there's nothing gay at yeah. all whatsoever. To me, it's there's this. We, 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 we're going to touch on it a bit. This gay baiting, gay baiting, yeah. Yeah. and like writers saying their characters are gay without ever having to actually represent that. Yeah. Lando being the big one that just happened. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't make you question like, okay, JK, did you just not have the balls to put it in there? If you're so smart and it was so, you know, and you're, it's so fundamentally important for you, then why didn't you write it? I get that. Yeah. But if she says it was true and you sit back and you go, oh yeah, I see that. You, can come, you, but you look you at the stuff between her vaguely, and him and Grindelwald. I'm like, vaguely, oh, I but it's, it's so unexplicit. I don't, cons- until I see it, I will not consider it, and that's the no. thing. Like, I, I'm I'm very hesitant to give anyone credit for something that they say after it's published. Like okay. like like with the Lando thing, like it's ne- nothing's ever explicit, but they've come out and said, "Oh yes, I played it that way." I'm like, I don't I don't think that counts as representation. I well, that's why he doesn't get my top space, five. You get six. Fuck anyone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he gets six. He's in honorable mention, but he's not my top five. 
Right, top five. Gabriel Leonardo from the way he looks was the Spanish film I mentioned yep. earlier. There was just the the performances were brilliant and I love the story. Um number four, Brie from Transamerica. Um I'll take that off my top five. Yeah. No, 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 keep you it can on keep the top it. five. Well, my it. top five is actually I'm top ten. I know I know you love Transamerica though. I do love I Transamerica. Do. And you know I need was, to watch that. It was one. deeply problematic that they had to use Felicity Huffman to play a trans woman, mm. but she did it brilliantly. And again, the complexity of the character is what drew me to it and the way that they tried to handle the situation. And also she played it so well. Oh, like, she did. And she, I think was, she just missed the Oscar, didn't she? She got the Golden Globe. She didn't get the Oscar. She yeah. got nominated and I, I, she really deserved it. Yeah. Um, so I thought she was brilliant. The whole film was brilliant. Um, number three, Joan Mark from Pride. It's a little photographer boy and then the lead protest yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. They were both so good and I just had to bang them into one entry. So yeah. Joan Mark, they were, I just love them both. So different and so well played. Uh, number two, Damien from Mean Girls. Um, like, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just Absolutely. too gay to function. Yes, they've given him such a bigger part in the musical. So. Oh, Does he get his I own need number? To see the musical, then. <laughs> of course, I, I can't wait to yeah. see that. It's at least I think he's got two like solo songs. Of course, yeah. of course. But he was just great. And again, in terms of um, visuals and representation, and you know, he wasn't your also standard still blonde head, skinny twink. Yet. Yeah. Even to today's standards, he still doesn't. He's like pretty progressive, considering just the way he looks physically. Yeah, exactly. You know that they made him. You know the big, the big chunky guy was great because you know we don't all have to weigh yeah. twelve kilos and look like we just a twenty five year old in high school who's just stepped out of the gym. Like, go fuck yourself. Twenty five um, year old in high school, which is how they keep casting them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So the exactly. gay character so in the CW, the, the, the muscle bulk of a twenty five year old. Yeah, any any gay character in the CW is yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then number one, this comes as no surprise to any of you, is Frankenfurter. Oh, number one Frank queer yeah. queer um, character ever because. They have absolutely no need to explain who they are, what they are, or what they're doing. You are just he has thrown. a whole song. He says, "I'm a sweet transvestite." <laughs> yeah, so. but it doesn't. He have... is explaining. <laughs> well, he's also it. bisexual yeah. or maybe pansexual. But yeah, there's that. This it's like this. Here is his also character. maybe not human. Yeah, well, yeah. he's definitely not human. Yeah. Exactly. Here's his character, and they are whatever you want them to be. He says, "Yep, yeah. I'm a sweet transvestite. Great." But there's no, you know, there's there's none of this unnecessary narrative and these complexities or anything like that. It's just like I'm here and I am fucking fabulous, and here is my crazy mansion and all these crazy people. I'm gonna make you all do this crazy shit, um, and I just think I'm gonna make me a twink, yeah, of, with science, <laughs> twunk, yeah, at twunk, least, at yeah. Least a twunk. and then I'm gonna fuck depends everybody in the produ- building. Depends on oh. who they cast in the production, yeah. and then I'm gonna dress you. All up in lingerie, and we're going to climb a giant tower and then fall into the pool and have a giant orgy. Yeah. You know why? Because I fucking can. Yeah, but they are. That is a crime against the universe. So you know, Richard O'Brien's going to have to take you away. That's right. Oh. So we'll there just we go. ignore Richard O'Brien. Please. <laughs> yeah. So that oh. is my top five and with a lot of honorable Zane. mentions. Okay. All right. So honorable mentions: Carrie Ann Moss as uh, Jerry Hogarth. Oh. in Jessica Jones. Yes, I still haven't seen uh-huh. it yet. Oh, but oh no, no! I've seen. Yeah, yeah. That's an lawyer. interesting character, yeah. especially in season two. She really, especially in season oh, two. My God. Uh, Mickey Milkovich, um, yep. in Shameless. Now, this isn't the the brother. This is his boyfriend. Yeah, because his kind of exploration He's of the bully. masculinity, um, sort of play, yeah, is really interesting. I haven't to seen watch. enough of that show to actually talk about, it, but I've seen bits and clips and pieces. It's a very interesting character. Yeah. Uh, Oberyn Martell, we we mentioned before. Oh, really? Game of Thrones. 
Yeah. I mean, it was like, let's have one shot of a guy sucking on his nipple and he kisses one guy But he end. also explains his And then let's gouge his eyes out. Su- yeah, yeah, look. <laughs> <laughs> if if we can only put characters on this list that have happy endings, it's going to be a short <laughs> list. That's right. Uh, you mentioned Marshall Gregson, but I really want to mention Marshall Gregson in United States of Tara. Tar- I need to see yeah. um, Is that the one that's played by the guy who then went on to do that GBF show movie and he's in that, that other show faking it? Uh, no, I think it's somebody different. But we didn't mention GBF. Yeah. But it was great. But, yeah, love him. Oh, no. Yeah. We um, have very different views on that movie. Sh- <laughs> Uh, Ellen Morgan, Ellen's generous. Like yep, I think yep. that just needs to be in there. And Scar from The Lion King. Camp, <laughs> see, camp as fuck. Coded as gay the whole way through until the sequel where he has kids. Hey, gay Maybe he kids. just decided um, all, he All Disney Jesus. villains, there's a comedian that has, does a bit about this, but all Disney villains are gay. You, it, you cannot say Jafar. Mm. Like, oh, Prince Abubu. Like that, that is not, like that is a very gay villain. Ursula. Ursula. They're, they're coded yeah. as gay. Ursula is definitely a gay icon. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Based My on Divine. gay icon. Based on Divine though, isn't Ursula based yes. on Divine? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, no, I haven't, I haven't where she put ate any dog Divine shit. on the list because <laughs> I, as much as I love John Waters, I have... Drag representation, so I haven't put Divine on the list. Um, Brie from Transamerica. This is my top five now, which is actually top okay. ten. Brie from Transamerica. Uh, Lafayette from True Blood. Oh, fuck. Yes! Why didn't I put that one in there? That, that like, the AIDS, like, you get the food with the fucking AIDS. Yeah. That monologue is so Just good. Just, like, what you've wanted to say to people whenever they do that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I fucking um, love him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Justin Suarez and Mark St. James and Ugly Betty. I was just about to say yep. that. You yeah. read yep. my fucking okay. mind. Uh, so. Yes. Uh, Justin Suarez's journey from like little like, I don't know what gay is to like, oh, no, I'm gay to, okay, I'm gay. Fashion <laughs> yeah. board, fashionist. And then Mark St. James from the punchline gay to the like actual ambition character representation gay. Yeah. Their relationship series. as well was really So cute. beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful. I loved it. I'm so um, glad you put them in because I was just having a conniption <laughs> that I hadn't mentioned them. Uh Yorkie and Kelly from San Junipero. Yeah. 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 Frank and Furter. Yes. This is my drag representation. RuPaul. Oh, yeah. In what? RuPaul. In as RuPaul. RuPaul. Oh, as a, a character. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. RuPaul, RuPaul is, is a character. To me, yeah. see, my first exposure to RuPaul was as the 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 head of the the magic thing in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh. As <laughs> really. RuPaul shows up as the head of the magic count, the witches council, sorry, in season three of... Um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Surprisingly progressive wow. show. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And number one, Arnold Beckoff from the Torch Song trilogy. Harvey Feierstein uh, <laughs> is converted from his own play. It's got, um, it's basically the story of this one drag queen in three basically parts of their life where they're single, where they fall in love. And and then after their, um, uh, well, after his, his husband is dies by being bashed to death. Uh, it is an amazing movie. You should all watch it. Um, haven't seen it, haven't seen the show, but Harvey Firestein is one of my idols. So oh, yeah. wait, wait. Um uh, uh David! David! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I've got I've it. Wait, wait, no, I love uh in, in Mrs. Doubtfire, it's like um uh can you make me order? How old are Shelly Winters older or Shelly McLean older? Um how about mom? I don't ever have the strength. <laughs> but I have some scotch tape and red hair dye. <laughs> 
<laughs> that kills my throat to do that impression. And not very good. But. Yeah, no one no one can talk like Harvey Firestein. Um so yeah, Arnold Beckoff. I need to watch that. I need to watch that. And what was the other one that you said? That, you need that to watch every idea. movie that we've mentioned because yeah, pretty much. are yeah. undereducated. The Birdcage. So. Sorry, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a really good place to end it. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Michael, for coming on. Thank you, Zane, for coming on. We'll have links to your podcast in the show notes. What the fuck did you make me watch? Yes, or you can go Ooh, and find, you can it find that on WTF. Did you make me watch on Facebook? And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Picture Rangers. And we're on Facebook at the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. Uh, and you can subscribe to us on iTunes. We're also on Stitcher. On most podcast catches. Are we on Spotify yet? We're Zane? not on Spotify. But we're working on it. Just tweet Spotify and say, hey, put this podcast okay. on here. I will, yes, Please. tweet Spotify and, and let them know. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Shane M underscore Anderson. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at The Chancellor. And Michael, what's your socials? Uh, you can find me on the Instagrams. Uh, at Michael James Amaze. Huzzah. Um, and on Twitter, you can find me at Michael James underscore TV. Michael James TV. And Zane? I'm Zane C. Weber on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. Oh, before we oh. go, I just realized another great uh, gay representation character thing. Um, oh. <laughs> You're doing I'm that. the best at segways my, ever. My feature film. That's the one. I have, a, I have a pretty interesting version of a coming out scene that doesn't go like a normal coming out scene. That was pretty <laughs> deliberate. You can find that on it was on sale on Vimeo. On I, we'll I, I genuinely mean it when I say that I do love that coming out scene. I remember reading it uh, in the first <laughs> table read and I was like, fuck, that's a good scene. Because so. it's like she she trashes him but not for coming out and it's yeah. so like it it's it goes wrong for it's completely like, yeah. <laughs> unexpected reasons he comes out and she doesn't care about that and she's like no you're being a dick yeah yeah she's like you're ruining my show yeah. i don't give a fuck you know um so yeah that, i mean I'll, we'll put links to that in the show notes it's my feature film red curtain hell available on demand and you can use the show code Picture Rangers for 20% off your rental or purchase if you are so inclined. Uh, so thank you all guys for listening and we'll see you again next week. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Can a song just objectively be bad? Yes. But that doesn't mean we can't learn from it. I'm Alex Smith. And I'm James Keogh. And on our new podcast, My Songs Suck, we talk to writers and musicians who share with us some of their earlier, less good content and reflect on how far they've come. If you want to get in on the fun, head to That's Not Canon Productions or find us on iTunes, Google Play, or whatever podcatcher you use. My Songs Suck, because everyone makes mistakes. Just make sure you record them. That's Not Kind of Productions podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.